Blog Talk Radio. to go left or to right 
and the various things we've faced in life. So I thought I would do a blog show. Number one, I started blogging in 2011, uh, and then here of recent, I have been doing what we call Facebook Lives, Facebook Live, uh, Facebook Live, where I'm just sharing things I have learned for sure. Things I don't know for sure, I try not to talk about it at all because people are serious, their lives are serious. And, um, yes, we want to have fun, we want to laugh, and that's all good, too. But even in my laughter, I try to make sure I keep it, um, and I do laugh, laugh and laugh good. <laughs> uh, uh, but I try to uh, keep things at um, on a realistic level. There's a way you can, there's, there's a way you can laugh and there's a way you can, um, um, there's a way you can, um, how can I say it? There, there's all, all folly is not healthy. Let me just say that. A lot of times people are laughing and they're, they're tearing down. I try to, with even with things that are funny to me, try to make sure it's building up people. So, again, brothers and sisters, I want to thank you for my Facebook Live. I'm going to play one more song that really means a lot to me. I would really hope you listen to the lyrics as we allow more people to come because I am serious. Uh, uh, on this Facebook Live tonight is going to be talking about some things dear to my heart. We're going to talk a little bit about the Five Smoothstone Network and other things, and I just really, really, really uh, want more people in, okay? And I've been wanted, speaking of, of, of views and how many people, I uh, just want to thank you that we've had quite a few of you listening to my Facebook Live, uh, lives, and I mean a lot of you. So I'm thankful. So many of you have tuned in and uh, been a blessing. Uh, I've had actually over 100 people every single time I've done these Facebook Lives, so I want to thank you. But I do want to open up uh, with, a, um, with a few little things we've got to get out of the way. I um, want to talk, I want to play a, uh, uh, bring on someone that's instrumental. Uh, uh, he is a scribe. <laughs> he likes to call himself a scribe. He's a, uh, if you have a book you're thinking about writing, uh, this gentleman, what he do is transcribes. He transcribed uh, transcribe, uh, your um, what I do with my book. Let me just tell you what he do about what I do. I'm writing a book, and Brother Yoel the scribe is a Hebrew Israelite. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean anything by that. He's just a brother that is transcribing my book, and he's doing a very good job. So I want to play a little bit something by him, how to get a hold of him, and then a couple other things, and then we'll be back again. Uh, just a few things. Uh, what I'm really doing is allowing some more people to come. Because we're going to just talk about some things, like I said, it's dear to my heart and some things I have learned for sure. And I think it's going to be a blessing what I'm about to uh, impart to some of you, okay? Uh, I shouldn't say me because I'm a nobody. And I mean it. I know I say it every show, but I really mean it. I'm a nobody. Uh, I, I, I just, without the most high and his wisdom and what he's done for me, I'm just a, a little old kid from the east side, Butler Housing Project. But with the most high what he imparted to me, I have become a force to be reckoned with, and so have you, if that is your testimony. So, just play a little bit of this, a little bit of that, we'll be right back, just allowing more people to come, and uh, again, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in to the Five Cents on Network. We'll be right back. Are you a podcaster, YouTuber, lecturer, public speaker, or pastor? Did you know that having your audio transcribed has a panoply of benefits? Transcriptions help you create merchandise, improve your search engine optimization, grow your listenership, viewership, readership, and protect your content from potential shadow banning. 
If you would like more information, please contact Yoel the Scribe at yoelbenyisrael.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Shalom. Again, I want to thank you. All right, tonight, so what are we talking about? First of all, I want to open up with talking about uh, uh, what exactly is the Five Fruits Song Network because I'm getting a lot of new people that are tuning in to the Facebook Live, and we thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just want to just talk a little bit about what I've been doing with my life since uh, since I've been born again. <laughs> Uh, uh, 79, when I graduated from high school, on the stage, actually, uh, at, uh, I think it was Clark Stadium, where I don't remember exactly where, um, I don't remember exactly where was the, our, um, graduation, but on that stage, I made a quality decision to follow the Most High. I said I made a quality decision to follow the Most High. I had already started my, um, I had started to get rid of friends, no disrespect for some of you, or some of you that's listening is actually some of those people, because at the time you wasn't feeling the most high, and I understand that, we wasn't at first, but I got, I started weaning off a lot of friends, I started being of a loner in my senior year at Poly High School, because I knew that I had to make that journey back to my roots. What Ruth said, the church, uh, the Most High, not so much the church, but uh, becoming a part of the church, I should say. But I knew that I, the life I was living wasn't going to sustain me in my adulthood. So June, January uh, 1979, I started my journey back. This is when I, like I said, I, I began being a loner, got rid of all every single every single one of my friends. So if you knew me back in 1979, you knew Brother Seth kind of lost everybody, I kind of just, I don't mean I was better or nothing like that. You know, y'all have got to understand when I share things, it may come off. I keep, sometimes I've heard that over the years, you sound like you holy. No, I ain't no holy than nothing. I'm probably, you're probably more holy than I am right now. I mean, to be honest with you, probably, some of you. But uh, I'm just telling my testimony. My Facebook Live, the purpose of my Facebook Live is to share what the most I have been doing in my life, things I've learned for sure. Why do I do that? I do these Facebook Lives for several reasons. I do them because I want to encourage people. I want to uplift people. I want to glorify the Father in my in my home here. I want to remind, here's a good one, I want to remind myself, because I've been having some challenges lately, brothers and sisters, and I need to let the enemy know exactly who he's dealing with. I mean, in the flesh, like I say, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody uh, to some people. Some people is impressed even with what I do in the flesh. But I, I count it nothing compared to the spirit. And, and some of y'all are doing so much, so many great exploits in the spirit. And I look up to some of y'all. And so I, I really don't think in the flesh I have nothing to boast about. I know I talk about being an Israelite and all of that stuff, but... Really, brothers and sisters, only what the Father 
Only what you do for the Father and what He is doing for you is going to last when you take when it's time to face your Maker. I said, only what you do for the Father and what He is doing for you is going to matter when it's time for you to face your Maker. So many, so many of my friends are leaving this earth. They're, they're going on to be with the, with the Creator. They're going on home to be with the saints. And yes, I do believe in life after death. I think sooner you believe, breathe your last breath, you are connected with the saints. I do believe that, and I think there is kind of kind of time on this earth when this earth when there's a new heaven and a new earth on this earth. I believe that the saints will be resurrected. I believe it, and I don't think we die at all. I think our body die. I think our bodies cease to exist. But the Bible says, though our outward man perish, its inward man is renewed day by day. So there's a blessed hope we have that the saints talk about, how that when we share this body, we'll be with the saints. And so, yes, I grieve for those that have passed away, those uh, uh, our loved ones, but I don't grieve, as the scriptures say, as those without hope. Because we have great hope. And I thank the Father for that hope. I thank him for placing us in Christ and, and with us not having the burden of trying to please the Father in and of our own efforts. No matter what great deeds we do, how much we give, how much we go to church, I thank the Father that our righteousness is based through faith and not of works. And I have that faith. I do believe in the Most High, Yah of Israel. And this is why I say hallelujah. We praise that Yah that sent his son, uh, that the world called Jesus. More appropriately, I call him Yeshua. Some people call him Yahweh but it doesn't matter. We all call him, we all, as long as you call him on Mary's baby, that water walker, that burden bearer, I thank the Father for the knowledge and the understanding and the insight he gave me to follow this Messiah. So in January of 1979, like I said, brothers and sisters, Brother Seth began to start making his way his senior year in high school. He began to start shedding friends because he knew that a lot of his friends wasn't on that road, and he wanted to get on that road. And so it's, and that was in January. In June of 79, I went in and gave my life to the Father. Yes, I did, and I thank him for it. And uh, I uh, immediately started attending uh, a junior college where I learned and and I did. I had a major in accounting and a minor in uh, political science. And at one point, I was a night auditor at the Americana Hotel downtown Fort Worth. I was the first. I was one of the first of three night auditors at the Americana Hotel, now called the Worthington. Brother Seth was the first group of night auditors. He was with the first group of night auditors. Gave my life to the father. Was a knucklehead at, at Poly High School, and I shocked the world like Deion Sanders did yesterday. But I shocked a lot of my my family and friends when they looked up and saw me um, serious about accounting and um, serious about political science. <laughs> I started going downtown forward, going to city council meetings, and uh, started helping people run for office. Mar Margaret Byers and Martha Sharp, uh, they ran for city councilman. I... Uh, I ran off for an office myself. Neighborhood Resource Development Plan. Neighborhood Resource Development Plan. I ran for that position. Uh, it was it was a program that the city of Fort Worth had. Uh, uh, they was uh, they millions of dollars they set aside for this program, 
and they had representatives for different uh, areas. And Brother Seth ran for the uh, area for the north side of Fort Worth. Yes, I did. It was a, it was a real life race. It was a tiny race, of course, and I lost. I think for like by like three votes. I wasn't serious. I didn't really, really get out there and campaign. I was going up against uh, this gentleman that had his own business in Fort Worth, and I was just a little student out of high school, and I actually ran up against him. I lost about three votes. But anyway, it was kind of fun, just the fact that I ran. I was actually in the paper and all that. But I said all that to say I got serious with the most side with my relationship with the father. And like I said, out of high school, the very first day, June 4th, 1979, I graduated. And uh, just telling you all a little bit about myself again. Uh, you tune into my Facebook Live. Brother Seth is going to get into some uh, what you would call signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles performed by the Most High through many of you, his friends. Um, again, I'm going to be talking about tonight on this Facebook Live, signs, wonders, and miracles, and even a word that changed my life. Mostly it will be a word by some of my friends and, and, and that, that, that actually changed the course of my life. Some of you, with your, what you shared with me, changed the course of my life. That is what we're talking about tonight. And so right now I'm just starting off talking a little bit about myself, and then I'm going to get into the different experiences, some of which was in the United States, some of which was in other parts of the uh, 24 countries that I've, had, I've been blessed to see. So here we go. Again, 1979, because some of you want to know, well, are you born again? How do you believe, you know? So I'm just wanting to start with my faith first. We're going to start real slow, brothers and sisters, and then we're going to pick it up. So, and I may have a little music in the background because y'all know how I like it. But, yeah, 19, 1979, June 4th, 1979, on uh, while, they was, uh, t- while we, be- we was beginning to, to get our diplomas. And I was in the, in the back row there because my name ends with T, Turn. So I was in the back. I remember even, uh, I remember, uh, I think Luke Turner, who ended up dying. I think he was sitting beside me, but anyway, pretty sure about that, but anyway, I just happened to think of that, but, uh, so I gave my life to the Father, and I went out that night, and it's kind of like to say bye to my friends, so we went to a place called Rich, Rich and Leah Grill, and ate, and then downtown Forward, some of y'all remember Rich and Leah Grill, but I went out to a, a club up downtown somewhere, and I remember saying to myself, yeah, I'm going to a club, even though I just gave my life to the Father, but this is my goodbye. And so all of the friends that was at that club, I would say, hey, I see you later, goodbye. They had no idea that I meant I'm done with club and I'm done with some of these relationships that if they wasn't seeking to follow anyway. So that started my journey, 1979. And, I mean, I, I, I was very, 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 very serious, brothers and sisters, about getting close to the Father at the time. And I have been on this journey since. Okay, it doesn't mean that brother said doing everything the right way. No, sometimes I've seen more than folks that this probably ain't saved, ain't believers. Sometimes I've said things that some people that's not believers would not say. Okay, it ain't been peachy cream, and then I've been, I've been, I've, just like any relationship, it's up and down. If it's true, if you have a true relationship with the Most High, it's up and down, and you know it. Quit playing, you know it. That's how you know it's a relationship. It's like any any relationship with a father and a son. 
Some days I'm just with the Father. We're laughing. We're getting along. And he's, he's sharing and pouring with me. And other times I've got my fingers in my ears, and I don't want to hear nothing he's saying. He's saying, are you serious? Yeah. Sometimes we don't want to hear what the Father is saying because our flesh is out of control. Sometimes we don't want to hear what the Father is saying because we want to do our program. So I've spent a lot of years, yes, I have, not wanting to hear certain things. Not every day, all day, but just there's certain, even right now in my life, I can't say that I'm open up to everything the Father is saying. We say we are. We worship and we praise and we sing, but are you really open to everything the Father wants to do right now in your life? If you are, great. That's good. You keep that attitude. But sometimes it's hard to say yes to every single aspect of your life, every thought. The Bible says we ought to pull down every thought that 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 come against this way. That come against his word. Do you do that? No, I don't think so. Most of you don't anyway. I can't judge you though. So anyway tonight tonight, Brother Seth is gonna be sharing his testimony. I just figure I get on Bluetooth uh, on YouTube if I can talk. I figure tonight I would do what I've been doing on my Facebook Live, try my best to give the Father glory. And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. I must say this, though. I must tell you all something. I am, uh, I wasn't feeling good today. I just uh, said I was going to cancel and not do a Facebook Live tonight. But at the last minute, I started feeling better. I was praying and got to feeling a little better. And so I thought I would just do it, go ahead and push forward and do it and share of his goodness. Share the most high's goodness in my life, what he have done for me over the years. And uh, what I, I, I know, and I know that there's even more that he's going to be doing in my life, and I thank him in advance for it. But I just want to share with you all some, some of the things, some of the people that have been a blessing. I think what I would like to do is start off by talking about the Five Stone mm-hmm. Network because I'm getting so many new listeners. I mean, hundreds of people, y'all. Like I say, these Facebook lives, I've never had under 100 views after, you know, so let's just start off by saying this. Five Smooth Stone is a name. Of course, David killed Goliath, probably the greatest battle of all times, uh, when this boy take out a giant, a leader of a nation, and uh, or their leader of an army anyway. But Goliath uh, uh, was... David, as, you, as you, many of you know, took up five stones. The Bible calls it five smooth stones. And I like that name, and I titled my blog show Five Smooth Stones. Okay? But before, i am just got to think of here. Well, go ahead and talk about the name, then I'm going to back up and talk about the calling and so forth. And y'all, this ain't going to be bored, boring, okay? Because what I plan on doing throughout this program tonight is share signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm not just sitting up for telling a boring story that some of y'all don't know, you don't know me, you don't really care what, cause you, no, I'm talking about what the Father has done, y'all, this is very important, this is very, that's why I'm on here, not to talk about what Brother Seth has done, <laughs> I'm telling y'all what things happen to me that I feel was inspired of the Most High. That's what we're doing tonight. One more time. Brother Seth tonight is going to, on this Facebook Live, 
share with y'all what he feels the Father did through some of you. Some of you are going to call your name and want to tell you, I feel like I'm the Father. So some of you actually was used by the Most High to help change my course in life. And I just want to pay homage. And I want to say to my family, my brothers and sisters, because I will probably be mentioning them every single episode. So to my sisters, Donna and Morris and and Effner, who no longer is with us, Putt, uh, Verna and, and Tanya, and even my mother and Billy that raised me, Y'all are gonna be mentioned the most. I'm gonna bring y'all up here and there a little bit, a little bit. So don't be getting jealous if y'all thinking like, how can they be on that time? I feel I can just imagine what they probably think because I haven't really mentioned them much. But I promise you, brothers and sisters, they're gonna be mentioned probably more than anybody for us over with. I'm just trying to name names that some of you know, so I lean towards more popular people because some of you get bored. Y'all don't know who those names are. I just say you don't know my brothers and sisters, but you do need you do know Karen Clark Sheard. You do know uh, first name that came to my mind. You do know uh, Candy Staten. You do know Oscar Robson. You do know uh, can't think of all these people right now. So just but but some of the these some of the names I've already mentioned. So and there's more names to come. The people that that are popular, that have that fame, so to speak. Or maybe they was a powerful person. Uh, maybe they was a rich person, you know. I, I like to talk about stuff because that's what people in the rest of these days, unfortunately. People just don't want it, to. It's just the way the world is. People, unless you money, fame, and power, unless you got that, they don't really, they don't really give you too much of a holler. So I like to talk about, I like to sprinkle those names in, but I promise you, my brothers and sisters, They've influenced me the most. Know that. They should know that. I said my brothers and sisters have influenced me. Well, I can't tell you how many times Tanya said something that was a word and helped change my course. Of course, Morris, my best friend, coming up as a, as a little boy, is my best friend, my brother. He, of course, really have formed me. Yes. Yes, he did. Every kid. And then Verna today, these days, Moppy, we call her Moppy, my sister Verna, have definitely been inspirational. And I know some of y'all don't know these names, so don't get bored again. What I'm trying to share with you tonight is later on I'm going to talk about how the Father used them even more, things they said and did. But I just kind of want to talk about some other people that more names some of y'all know. And then we're going to sprinkle in other uh, experiences with my brothers and sisters. Again, because that's where some of y'all are. You want to hear about people that you know, you know. And so, um, so, and again, I want to thank everybody tuning in. Uh, I don't want to call names because I may miss somebody. I just, as a rule, I don't even look down like some people do. Do this. I don't like doing that because uh, I'm going to miss somebody's name. So I'm get offended. Just like I just talked to my brothers and sisters. They probably want to rock me. You ain't never mentioned me. Well, I am going to be mentioning my brothers and sisters. But listen, brothers and sisters. The Father is real. And that's why I wanted to do these Facebook Lives to talk about all these people that are that are just caught up in, in, in just making money. And we should, y'all. It's, it's, it's a needed thing. We need to make some money. We need to be able to take care of our families. But I'm running to people that feel like 
the old way is not good enough. I'm running to people that feel like if you're not somewhere at least with a six-figure income or you don't have millions of dollars, a lot of our young people are caught up. They do not have... uh, uh, you're not late. Somebody said they're late. You can't be late. <laughs> but uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Again, I'm trying not to read these comments because I'm going to miss somebody. Some of y'all get offended. But I'm I'm living in a world, I don't know about y'all's world, but in my world, I'm running to people, especially young people that feel like old people. This is a new day. We ain't on that Jesus stuff. We ain't on that church stuff. We ain't on that God stuff. If you're not somewhere building an empire, and they'll try to use little scriptures and say things like, not belittling little scripture, but not belittling the scripture, but they'll say things like, you know, you got to leave a, an inheritance for your children. They'll be talking about all these. It's like, a, it's like the, the, are y'all living this life? I want to know. There's a lot of people. First, let me talk about the good, good young people, because I don't want I don't want people to misunderstand me. There are young people right now that are loving on God, loving on the Most High, and they are not on no poverty thing. They are really trying to build an empire of wealth, and they're trying to do it God's way. I applaud those young people or older people or middle-aged people, whoever. That's a good thing. Anytime you're trying to do anything for the Father, that's a good thing. Okay? So I said it. So don't think I'm down, hating on wealth. I'm really not. And some of us older people had better listen to some of these young people that are finding ways to make their money work for them, make their money work while they're asleep, and not work so hard during the daytime. Spend your hours on things you would like to do in this life, not what you have to do. They are spot on, and we had better understand and use money as a tool and not keep exchanging our time for money. I give praise to that way of thinking. All right? So definitely, definitely they're right. We've lived our life exchanging our time for money, and it's coming to a time now where we need to start taking back our time. And uh, I know a lot of us older people are retiring, but there's still a lot of people working. Everybody works, it seems like. But there is a new train of thought, schools of thought, that are pushing the African-American into looking at money more as a tool and getting it to work for you than you work for it. Getting money to work with you when you're not even thinking about it. Getting your money to be an employee versus us being an employee. Again, I applaud that way of thinking. Having said that, I've got to talk about the young people I believe is in danger. There are some young people that sound like what I just said, but minus God. And there's two types. 
there's young people that are talking God. They mentioning scriptures in Proverbs here and there. You know, a good man leaving Harrison for his kids. They mention little little things like that. But they not with the Father. They just use scriptures. They're not with the Father. They just use scriptures. So you can't judge. Well, no, I can't. But at the same time, I can see fruit. And a lot of these young people, in my humble opinion, I could be dead wrong. But you know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Because some of, some of you, that's you. And you may even be a young person. But some everybody out here is talking this kind of a new way of looking at money. It's really not a new way. A lot of, uh, a lot of our brothers and sisters... Uh, of other ethnic groups have been doing this for many, many years. But everybody that's out there getting that residual income and building a passive income, they're not on the Lord's side. And to me, they're going to wind up like a lot of our white brothers and sisters that are the wealthiest in this nation, but seeing be the happiest and seem to be the people causing the most problems. So I said there was two types. There's three types, actually. The young people I first named that are doing it God's way, those that are sounding, talking about God's way, God this, God that, but they really are not doing it God's way. They just they just like, they just like saying it. It makes them feel like it. And pretty much they know that older people are some I should say believers are going to call them out or maybe challenge them or something. They, so they kind of throw out the Bible scriptures to kind of give you, get you off their back, but it's really not about God at all. And then the third group of, of young people out there, and I'm not just not talking about young people. This is really people, but it's so many. It's mostly young people, but not all. A lot of older people thinking on these same three types. But this third type of individual is people that they are just sold out on getting that paper at any means necessary. They're going to try to do it legal way, honest way. Most of them are doing it that way, but there's a lot of them that don't care which way they get it. So you are looking up, and we're seeing people just don't want to hear from older people. Don't want to hear the right way. Don't want to hear uh, people say things like, be careful for fast money. No, they want it, and they want it fast. And they don't care how much sacrificing they have to. Now, some sacrificing and building a, a future for yourself is good for, uh, sacrificing. Sometimes young people, it's okay to work, uh, you know, to work long hours. But, you know, sometimes it's not good to sacrifice your health or sacrifice time with your family because you don't know how long you're going to have your mothers and your fathers. But these young people are sacrificing relationships. They're sacrificing their health. They sacrifice their relationship with the father make this money. And they are dangerous. So I don't know why I ended up going on that road. Let me take a sip of this coffee here. Some good coffee, brothers and sisters. Some good coffee there. Bon- um, 
Anyway, give me time my coffee. But uh, I just want to, again, thank everybody for tuning to my Facebook Live tonight. I'm just, this is an open forum. I am going to be talking about my friends and family and uh, strangers that have imported something to me, a word, or maybe they was used by the Most High to perform uh, various signs, wonders, and even miracles that have changed Brother Seth. I'm as different as night and day than I was in my younger years. All of us have changed, obviously. But I'm saying, yo, brother, what the most I have done with me, I got this little pillow I like to put behind me. Um, what, the, what the most I have done with your brother is no joke, brothers and sisters, and I just thank him for it. So I want to talk about this, um, my calling. In 82, and then we're going to get around to, actually, let's do this first. Let's talk about the name Five Smooth Stones, and then we're going to go into uh, Okay. Let's do it the proper way. Let's just start. I already talked about seven now when I gave my life to the Father at, um, I think it was uh, Clark Stadium in Fort Worth, I believe. No, no, no. That's not true. It was Fort Worth Convention Center. I was one of those that was at Fort Worth Convention Center. So, anyway, after graduation, I gave my life to the Father. And then, uh, of course, I had, like I said, I majored in accounting, minor in uh, 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 political science. And I'm about to show y'all how the Father, how good he is. So I gave my, uh, I start, I really gave my life to the Father. I really, I started moving towards him in January. Now watch what happened, y'all. I'm about to show y'all a miracle. In 78, I was in trouble at school at Poly High School. My mother had to come to the school and talk to the, uh, my, uh, 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 Principal, the social assistant principal, because he met with all parents whose children was in danger of not graduating. So, after that meeting, Mama basically gave me a stern talk. I made a quality decision to get my life. It was in November. Two months later, I, I pretty much, in my heart, start saying, "Okay, Father." I know what you require of me because that's how I was raised, y'all, raising church and holding this church, and I just was way off course in every way, trying to sleep with anything moving. I mean, because that's what us young boys did then, and I was just a whore, pretty much. And, I mean, I was out of control. Um, I remember I had stolen this gun. And I was going to shoot, <laughs> I was going to shoot Coach Kennard at Poly High School of an, because of an incident during football practice. I'm telling y'all, I was really out of control. All right, it wasn't just girls, all right. But Coach Kennard embarrassed me when I when I moved from uh, Eastern Hills High School. I'm, I'm not playing when I tell y'all signs, wonders, and miracles in my life. And they didn't start just then. Okay, it's the children we saw all the time at churches. Spirits being cast out, people getting healed, people getting a word that set them free. We saw people saying, how did you know that? How did you know that? You know, ministers call people out and tell them things about themselves that nobody know. We saw that at Prayer Faith Temple. I was raised 
in an environment of lots of miracle signs, wonders, and miracles. But it wasn't me. It's just the church I went to brought in a lot of people, uh, like people that, uh, like uh, A.A. Allen. He didn't actually come, but people that, that's, you know, some of y'all know that is Oral Roberts, these types of people, miracle workers, people that, people that, faith healers, they call faith healers. Of course, they didn't have no power. It's just their faith in the, in the scriptures. But anyway, that's the environment I was raised. But I got away from that. Got away from, got, I just want to do my own thing, learn my own way. So I, re, I started rejecting all that and started doing my own thing. Well, anyway, found myself with a pistol that I stole and uh, from some cousins of mine. <laughs> Shout out to K. Ray Ak, uh, Ak, uh, Atkins, K. Ray and uh, Anthony Atkins. These were cousins of mine. They had they had a, a home full of firearms, and I didn't think they was gonna miss it. And so Coach Kennard embarrassed me uh, uh, in front of all the football players, and I was gonna embarrass him by pulling the gun out and making him get on his knees and beg for his life. I used to carry this pistol around. Nobody knew it. Because I was soft-spoken. Some people grew up with me. They knew I was a church boy. Even though I was acting up, they knew he really a church boy. But they had no idea that I was armed a lot during my senior year. And uh, something that happened, uh, Mama always stopped, never stopped praying for us. And uh, one thing we used to do, I think it's this. I think the father used this. This is controversial. You tell me again. I'm talking about signs, wonders, and miracles in my life that the father did to preserve me and to help me be the man I am today. I don't take a backseat to no, nobody. You shouldn't either, really. But I don't because I know that the father is real in my life. I know he is, and he is what gives me my the uh, my strength. He is what gives me. The confidence that oftentimes that people say I speak with is because of what he is in my life and what he has done in my life is the reason I take a backseat to nobody, no teacher, apostle, preacher, celebrity, president. I just feel like, brothers and sisters, that he gives me value, and I thank him for it. So, make the long story short, I didn't have to shoot Coach Kennard because a gentleman by the name of Dennis Westbrook, some of y'all know the Westbrook family. They don't even know it to this day. They probably, if they if they listen, they're probably shocked. But the Westbrooks of Eastern Hills don't know that they actually, no, the Westbrooks of Polly, Dennis Westbrook and his brother, they don't know they, 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 don't know they helped save Coach Kennard's life. So, this was just something I had going on inside of me. Nobody else knew it. I wasn't sitting around showing my gun like, yo, look at me. No, I just quietly went and took this uh, 25 automatic. I think it's called, I think it's 25. It's uh, a step above a 22, but I, I, I took it, and I carried it around all the time with me for, for the little time I had it. And, uh, when you carrying a weapon back in that age and time, didn't nobody carry a weapon. So I felt invincible, and I was the wrong boy to pick on because I had something to prove because my mother raised us in church, and I wasn't no wuss. That's what they call a wuss today. I wasn't no weakling. Most of the time, I could pretty, I could fight. 
you know, coming up in, in elementary. So I wasn't you no know, pushover. We fought you. And for Eastside Project, you have to fight. So we would fight you. And I wasn't scared of nobody. There were a few guys I didn't want to fight, but I, if they pushed me, I'd fight them, but I didn't want to. But so in, in this one, in, in high school when this happened, this was probably around 10th grade, I think, 10th and 11th grade. So your brother Seth purchased, stole this, stole this, not purchased, stole this gun from his cousins, and they never knew it until later on. So, again, it was because Coach Kennard of Poly High School. <laughs> Some of y'all look at me like, what? But the Westbrooks knew, a lot of people knew, a, 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 a gentleman about, and I don't mention all these names. People probably don't want me to call their names out, but they knew about it. But I didn't go around telling everybody. So, Dennis asked to borrow my, my gun, or the gun I stole. <laughs> And I say, man, I, don't, I say, I don't know, man, I don't want to talk with him. No, let me see it, let me see it, let me see it. And so he, I ended up talking to him. He ended up talking to me and letting him borrow my pistol. So Dennis went home, and some kind of way his parents found out about it. And so obviously the next two or three days later, Dennis bring the gun back, and uh, some kind of way got to Coach Kennard. But they never got me in trouble. They never, they never said anything to me. But Coach Kennard, you could tell somebody. I think I, I'm, it may be. It may have been the Westbrooks that told him. The, the young boys told Coach Kennard what I said. But I never had no problem with Coach Kennard. But I promised brothers and sisters, I had it in my mind that when that man put me, we had a, some call at football. We had some call uh, Bulls ring. In the Bulls ring, they get all the players in the ring around. It's just like my fingers, hands right now. Everybody, all the players, and they put you in the middle. And they call a number. You don't know in everybody's number, but they'll call a number. When they call a number, that guy's coming. He's coming to hit you. You stand in the middle and you just you just kind of just look for who's coming. Well, Coach Kennard found out I was from Eastern Hills High School. I moved from Eastern Hills to Poly because I got some trouble with a white girl. <laughs> just tell you my story, all right? True story. Anyway, it's always not the, the person I'm, I get in trouble with. It's always somebody looking at me. And I was saying some, I said something to this white girl. I forget. I was some flirting with her. But anyway, she felt uncomfortable. Somebody else talked to them going to the principal office. And they ended up kicking me out of Eastern Hill. So I had to go to Polly. That's where I ended up at Polly, y'all. So it's not funny. It's just my testimony, y'all. <laughs> Again, tonight on Facebook Live, Brother Seth is slowing it down. Telling him about his testimony, some things that the father did for sure in his life, and I'm not feeling 100, percent but I do feel a little better now. But just know, be a brother in 100 percent tonight. But I just still gotta tell what the most I've done in my life. Signs, wonders, and miracles are a word, a word here, a word there that blessed me, helped me, gave me uh, encouragement. Some of y'all have just just been such a blessing in my life. Just saying certain things you didn't even know what it meant to me. <clears throat> but anyway, I just want to tell a little bit of trouble to kind of how my mind was that I was going to go get this gun if that man put me back in the bull ring because he didn't know I was from Eastern Hill. And Eastern Hill was whooping up on everybody back in 78, 77. So he going to put me in this bull ring talking about, you from Eastern Hill, you know. 
trying to embarrass me. It wouldn't have been. It would have been still okay for, in, in football if you put the uh, uh, sophomores up against sophomores or juniors up against juniors. But this man put me up against um, an older group. And back then, it was people like Raymond Willoughby. Uh, can't think of all them guys. Jaws, the guy they called Jaws. Um, Ricky Allen, they was quarterback back in poly days. Some of y'all know these names. These were some big dudes, man. I was not that big when I first went to poly. And I could play football, but I was not ready for no Jaws. The reason why they call them Jaws, they call them Jaws for a reason. He's like the big Jaws in the movie. It was huge, and they were cutting my they were tearing me up. I said, not a problem. Now, don't you look at the mindset. Not a problem. Got your coaching on. So I went on my cousin's house that night or the next night very quickly, and I and I stole this twenty-five automatic, and I was going to shoot this man if he did that again. So what was going to happen is when I go to football practice the next time, he called me down to the ring. If he did that same drill, I was going, okay, let them just tear me up like they did before because you cannot, you can, these guys, Polly was good then. But so I was just going to just go ahead and handle it the best way I can. But I was going to walk back up those long stairs. You know, football for the polys, you got to go down all these stairs. I was going to walk up all those stairs and come back down. But I was going to come back down. I already had this in my mind. It's like a movie. I was going to have my helmet in one hand, still with my cleats on, and have this gun in the other. Everybody would have seen me come down those stairs with that gun. So at that time, people would start running and stuff like, what's going on? And I was going to go straight to Coach Kennard, and y'all do not want to know the rest, okay? But I was going to make him beg for his life. I was going to embarrass him. If that man would not have gotten on his knees and begged like I was demanding him to do, I would have shot him. I would have shot him. That was, that was the plan. Shoot him. So I didn't think about my life. I didn't think about the consequences. I did not go through all of that just to punk out, you know, be out there shaking knobs on shoot. <laughs> so anyway, that just kind of gives you an idea. That was that was a part of my mind. Uh, again, I had this thing to prove because, you know, I never really was in the streets. I never really sold drugs. My mother raised us up in church, so I always had this chip on my shoulder to prove that's one reason I play football, try to knock the crap out of people or run over people to get that respect. So there was this chip on my shoulder that, you know, because people take you, if you ain't cussing every other word with some people, they think you ain't hard. They don't know some of the hardest people in the world is some of the most soft-spoken people. You know, some people don't know history. <laughs> some of the most ruthless people do not have muscles on them. Anyway, I did, though. But anyway, brothers and sisters, I'm just trying to talk about a mind I had. That was in November. That was in, in 77, 10th grade, 11th grade. So in 12th grade, I was failing. Because all I was doing was just trying to get with girls, you know, just trying to find the prettiest girls I could to be with. It's all just, just sex. Just all like all these other guys trying to get all these these notches in my belt. Because at that time, black men, black young men, we didn't have a lot of things to um, to get that self-confidence. We didn't have businesses and, and, and our art, a different expression. That's one reason I was in football. So, you know, it's just young men, black men. Unfortunately, we just didn't have a whole lot of things to 
conquer, you know, like men, young men are supposed to, like some of the other ethnic groups. So we had to oftentimes go through our women, not trying to hurt them or anything like that. You know, we didn't, I'm not talking about raping them. I'm just saying just to see how many women you can Some of them kind of thought the same way. They, they kind of, not all of them, but a lot of women kind of thought like that, thought like that too. I was with so-and-so. So that's what we did when when people are oppressed. White supremacy, as I said last last Facebook Live, is a mother, y'all. Have these young people, uh, people that can't uh, disenfranchise, and so they oftentimes turn to each other for these gratifications. And so, anyway, make a long story short, your brother said change. So my second year, I was in trouble. My I didn't have enough credits to do like a lot of things and be able to, uh, and again, I'm talking about the power of the most high in my life. Listen, you're here. Y'all want to know what, y'all think I'm just about this whole Hebrew thing. Y'all got to know my story. Y'all think I'm just on this black-white thing. Y'all got to know my story. Y'all think I'm on this whole black skin and white skin and trying to put up, make black people. Y'all think I hate white people. Okay. That is not who I am. There is a reason. There is a method. There is a calling on my life. I am not playing. I have been, God has called me to help resurrect African Americans. So wherever I go, this message is in my mouth. It's bigger than we just Israelites. It's bigger than white men and white supremacists. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. I've been around a lot of people, beautiful young black people, came up with me from elementary, and they was golden. Those 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 kids, I thought the world of them, I think the world of them now, I thought the world of them then too. But to watch them grow up, a lot of them did realize their dreams. That's good. But a lot of them fell along the wayside, and I've come to find out it wasn't their fault, and I'm pissed about it. A lot of them wind up on drugs. I'm pissed about it. Oh, that was a fault. That they no, not necessarily. Just like I said, we didn't have a lot of things to us. We didn't have businesses. We didn't have opportunities as young people. We didn't have aunts and uncles and and that had businesses or, or, or doing not just businesses, but that just just any type of expression to where we had to in high school and in middle school. We think about girls all the time and having sex all the time. See, I mean, we, we black men had a door, those doors open. So I recognized we was used. I recognize who's played, and I ain't happy about it. But I ain't mad and hating on it, hating nobody, but I just feel like God, the Most High, gave me something for that pain. I asked him questions like, why all of these people that you grew up with, none of them want to be whores, liars, cheaters, drug dealers, these are kids, they all aspire. We had teachers that put something in us. And we wanted it. And we was happy about our little lives. And what we was going to go on to be and do. Some of us did it. Some of us exceeded what we thought. But some of us, brothers and sisters, I'm not happy about 
what the enemy has done with African Americans all across this country. And when I go traveling to other places in Cincinnati and wherever I've lived, other places, I find the same thing. Then when I go around a lot of my white brothers and sisters, and they are my brothers and sisters, y'all quit hating, I find out that they were just like us. They just had more opportunities. And they still was whores. Yes, they was in high school. Yes, they was. But they didn't have to whore as much because there was times for them to grow and do bigger and other things. When they got tired of whoring, there was other opportunities waiting for them. Just waiting on them. Some of us went and paid dues by going to school, and we earned our way. We earned our way. But some of them, they didn't go. They didn't get their kind of school. They didn't even pay dues, and they just was offered opportunities. Some of us didn't get a chance to learn our little black little friends, girlfriends, girls we grew up with. We didn't get a chance to really get to know them because of this system we was placed in, especially if poverty is involved. So some of us did get to know them. Black men and black women, everybody talk about, they don't get to really be friends. It's hard to be just friends to me, or for us at least, maybe not now, but Back in the day, high school, it was hard to just be friends to me without it messing up and getting sexual. That's been a challenge to black black men and black women to this day. It's hard. There's a reason. And when you find out that reason, brothers and sisters, you are not going to be happy. <laughs> You're not going to be happy. I'm not. I'm pissed about it. Well, you sound pissed about a lot of stuff. It's not that I'm walking around angry, mad, you know. I just know who we are as a people. And for who we are, in order to control who we really are, you cannot allow us to rise. You cannot... The powers that be cannot allow black people to know who they are in America. Because if they ever find out, you will not be able to rule those people anymore. Some of y'all are doing good for yourself. And you think because you got a nice house, a nice car, and a nice this, and money in the bank, and you can travel, you're good. You're not good. Nope. You're not good. Because what I'm talking about, if we're the people of that Bible, we cannot make enough money in one lifetime to represent how special we are. And Brother Seth didn't make this up because he's mad at, I'm not mad at nobody. I just recognize that in order to control us as a people, 
they had to tell those lies. They had. I'm finding out, I have found out, brothers and sisters, again, we're talking about power. We're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles that I've experienced through some of you friends throughout the years. Some of you, I'll call out your name. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And I see an old friend. Again, I'm trying not to. I, I, when I do these Facebook Live, I try not to read, look down and read. Names, because if I say a name, y'all gonna get offended. Because I know I would if somebody looked down and see my name, they call my else name out. But I do want to acknowledge Courtney Hawkins. That's what I. That's what I know about. She now go by Courtney Boone. So I respect her, Courtney Boone. But I know about Courtney Hawkins. But she is one of those young people that I remember. I yes, I do remember Courtney. <laughs> uh, that. Aspire to be something. I don't remember Courtney or all the little girls that we went to elementary school just out of control and not want to be nothing. I remember them sitting there and trying to learn and trying to. So when I see a lot of these young ladies today, I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about when I just see people I grew up with. It breaks my heart. Not necessarily Courtney, but I'm just saying. Some of the people back then that that grew up, uh, and when I see them today, it breaks my heart where they're at. You know, not again, I'm not talking about Cordy, but I'm talking about lots of young ladies I grew up with and lots of young boys I grew up with. Their mind, when we go to talk about anything, anything, and they can't stay with you, and, and they don't read, and they, they they have an addiction that takes over the conversation. It breaks my heart. Now, but when well, you know people change, you know that's not true for a lot of my white brothers and sisters. I'm not trying to be like them. They're not the standard. Why is it not my standard? No disrespect. Y'all know I'm a lover. I'm not a hater. But I just feel like when I see how much we've been played as a people. What do you think I want to do? You got it. So that's why I just I just always pray for people when I see them. You know, Lord, help them, help my friend, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then one day God showed me who we were in the scriptures. And the way I've been raised in the churches, I've been going through, you know, in a project when I was going to Prayer Temple and, and uh, other churches because I was raised holiness. One people you don't mess with is the Jewish people because they're the people of the Bible. So I wasn't about to go believe in some lie or trying to make believe our black people to be something they not. No, you're going to have to prove it to me. And when I begin to see those scriptures in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, how we're living them out more than any other people, you think I was not going to share that? So like I say, to those of you that have have come up in life, so to speak, and you got that nice home, you got those cars, you got money in the bank, you got clothes, you got even some investments, and you really feel comfortable and happy about that, you should. You've worked hard. Congratulations. That's really good. I'm sure your parents and your parents' parents will be happy for you, and that is good. I'm not downplaying that at all. 
But I'm saying come on up a little higher. We're the people of the Bible. The reason why I keep saying that on these Facebook lives is because when you really, really believe that, you go after even bigger things, not just material things, but just like the boldness I speak with. That's why I speak the way I speak. That's why I say things like, I'm here to resurrect a nation. People are like, who are you? If the most high is real, if God is real, if he really is real, and I believe he is, but I just say because some of y'all don't know, that's why I say yes. But if God is real and his spirit really is upon the earth, some of y'all don't believe that. I, I get it. But if his spirit is really upon the earth and it can it can embody a person, who should that person be second to on the earth? If the Father really does speak through Brother Seth, or through you, or through your pastor, through whoever leading you, if he really can't speak, who is second to that person? You get my drift? That's why I do what I do. I speak the way I speak because I don't know who's listening. I can't be punking down talking about, well, I think maybe. No, I speak with authority. We are the people of the Bible. And you can't just believe somebody just because they're looking all confident and say that. you got to go look at why they say you got to go research and read what they read. And, and when I say Deuteronomy 28, go and read Deuteronomy 28. And remember, it's talking about, think of 400 years span in your mind. This is 100 years, 200 years, 300. Think of 400 years and look at every group of people on the earth with that 400 years time frame. Look at 400 years at a time of people on the earth. I know some of y'all may not know that much history. I understand. But you're not going to find no people that live out that. Remember, Israelites is connected to, you can't just say your family. Like I'm a turn and also I'm a Douglas. And also, I'm a booker. These are my grandparents. I can't just look at our little family. We're connected to a nation. We just don't know it. Yes, we're in America, but we, we're connected. We just, we just bring my, my four parents over in the boat, and we're just a little family, you're a little family. Those people was a family. They was, was a people. Like the Ashanti people, there's millions of them. You know, this people, there's millions of them. That people, that's what they did. We're related. African-Americans are tripping. They're related to each other. <laughs> They're a nation. They really are. <laughs> there may be some people here and there, a little patch that's not, that got over here another way, you know, we just don't know it. But for the most part, our forefathers came around slave we're related. And we're living out Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, which talks about Israel having things seven times harder than other nations. That's all Leviticus 26 is saying. We have, it ain't all the same, but one of the main things in Leviticus 26 is saying that Israel will have it seven times harder than any other nation if they obey. We don't think nobody's living out the blessings because no nation can say, as Deuteronomy 28 
15 is talking about the, how they're going to, how this nation is going to, this nation called Israel, if they obey, how they're going to give, never borrow, they're going to be head, not to tell. We don't think no nation living out there. How everything they do is going to prosper. Japan, Britain, Italy, Nigeria, Egypt, no nation is living out there. So we don't go by the blessings, we go by the curses. Let's go through the curses, which is verses 16 through 68. I believe African Americans live it hands down. Talks about your good men, your delicate men. When they talk about the delicate men, they talk about the good men in your nation. The good men, the delicate men in your nation would not father their children. That's deep. You're talking about a nation that says that you're talking about the Bible talks about a nation whose men will not father their children. And it says there's a reason why, because of the siege. S-I-E-G-E. Siege means battle, fight. There's some going in that nation. There's some, there's the, and it's, it's mainly when they take into captivity. So when they're taking captivity like we're in right now, you can't call this freedom when all this stuff happens to us by these people that are ruling over us. This is captivity, brothers and sisters. But it says because of the siege in this captivity, the good men would not follow their children. It's talking about the men of that nation. Who is living it out? Jewish people ain't doing that. That's us. So you're going to be scattered at the four cones. We were scattered. We're here. Set your good women. You need to hear what it says about the women of Israel. Talks about the women of Israel, talking about the young men of Israel. Say, so you want to enjoy your young men? They will be taken to captivity. And when you look at all the things in Deuteronomy 28, there is no other people that live it like we do. And Leviticus 26, really the old, old, old testament. So, Brother Seth, when I found that out, I could not, I had to tell it. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 46 did it for me when it says, These things Moses up on the mountain, and he's talking to the true Jews, the real Jews, all 12 tribes, and he's telling them what's going to happen to them. And when that man said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, And these things are going to be upon you forever, he used the word forever, and I, and I was reading this in 1991, I said, Oh, my God, we Israelites. Because 1991 is included in forever. One more time. Moses is talking to the real Jews. He's upon Mount Horeb, I believe. And he's telling them what's going to happen to them if they obey. He's telling them what's going to happen if they disobey. Again, nobody's living out what is going to happen when they obey. No nation is living it out. But when he say what's going to happen to them when they disobey, I see... African Americans live in there, but I used to say, well, yeah, we like the Jews, but we ain't Jews. But when he said in verse 46, these exact words, and I'm not talking about just this right now. I'm going to get back to my friends and my history at Poly and, and all the schools I went through and travels and all that. I just got to take this little side road. When this man said in Deuteronomy 28, and they, speaking of the blessings of the curses, and they, Speaking of the blessings or the curses, and they shall be upon thee, Israel, as a sign and a wonder and to thy seed forever. When I saw the word forever, it was over. 
I would argue at that point with any priest on this earth that we were people of the Bible. I was done. I just need to see it in the scripture. I wasn't trying to see it in the scripture. I wasn't, I was just just reading my Bible. Boy, I, when I happened to look at all those curses, and that man said, and they shall be upon thee for a sign, S-I-G-N. Sign me is going to identify some. They should be these blessings of curses is going to be upon you, Israel, wherever you go, forever. The man said forever, and I'm thinking it's 1991. So if I wonder who a true Jew is, I just look for these blessings or curses. And I was already familiar with the blessings of curses because I would go to church all the time. So I went, whoa, whoa. So you look for the blessings of the curses, and I knew that we was already living. Out a lot of the curses, and I says, with the Israelites. You're the people in the Bible. And then the more I look at African Americans, the more that, then it's like, brothers and sisters, once I got that revelation, our whole life from the project to Bexley and Columbus, nice area, <laughs> to Cincinnati, to my mothers and fathers, to all of my friends, then I understood everything. Why are we in this place in the first place? I understood everything. Not every single thing, but it just made sense. It just made sense. I would just look at the way we're acting, the way even when we were, when we're misbehaving our young people, even the things that are going on right now with them going and robbing the malls and the shootings at night and all of the crazy stuff we do as a people. The Bible says we would be doing them. It says it. The scripture says blood touches blood. Moses had to break up two Israelites fighting each other. That's self-hate fighting each other. Then they turned and said the next day when they saw him he broke up the two Israelites fighting. Two black men fighting. We just didn't call them black men back then. Black is a new term. But these two people fighting. Moses broke them up. Next day they said one of them said to him, hey, so you you know, are you going to try to kill me? Are you going to try to they, they turned on him. And so they said, hey man, thank you for breaking them up. For yesterday I was out of my head, man. I Thank you. They, they're just like us. I've always said that to all my life, but I just never would think that we was them. So, again, signs, wonders, miracles in the life of Brother Seth, and even a word, words that was given to me to encourage me. I got a little, on a little side row there, Brother Seth, but I'm going to get back really quickly. So, and I'm going to go two hours tonight, not a little three hours tonight, so I'll wrap up here in about 45 minutes. But I'm just sharing the goodness of the Father, you know. Uh, getting up back to Coach Kennard, and, and um, I was just trying to show y'all how ruthless, not ruthless, because I wasn't ruthless, but I just had this chip on my shoulder, and I wasn't no punk, and I was, I was, you know, that dude. If you really want the drama, I wanted, I was that dude, but I wasn't trying to start nothing. But nevertheless, I need the Father in my life. I need to get off that course. I need to start trying to live for Him and, and quit going to clubs. So I stopped going to clubs in 79. 
went out that night on graduation night, and that was the last time I've been to a club. Plus, I used to hate clubs because I would, when I go, I would want to dance. Oh, that's nothing. We used to dance. I got out, forgot about that. In my junior year, we started going all over forward dancing. And Mama was praying that we'd be saved and the Lord would bring us back. So what the father did was he allowed dancing until he allowed us to get into this dancing as a distraction. Oh, y'all don't believe that, but he did. What do you mean, Brother Seth? God used dancing as a distraction. So what happened was, when I was dancing, it took a lot. This thing called locking and, and, and not really break dancing, but just locking the fast motion, you know, dancing. So what the father did, he allowed my brother and I, all of us was like whores. We didn't go by that name, y'all. We just tried to sleep with, we just tried to have all these girlfriends. And, and, and just for the record, a few of us, did fall in love and just had one girl, BB David English. She, she was one the one one of us that didn't what, but we just was trying to learn manhood as best we could. And unfortunately, a lot of young ladies got hurt. Some even got pregnant because we just this is what happens to in our communities. But the father gave us some that was the brakes to slow us down, and that was dancing. So in order to dance and be because we started locking, back then wasn't nobody locking. We started locking the project, and uh, we got popular really fast. Our first program was at TCU, and we started traveling uh, all over. We was on TV, What About People. We was uh, we traveled all over Texas, going to black colleges, winning either first or second place. We was really good at the robot. Uh, later on, there would be a group called... Uh, Fleetwood Lockers. Fleetwood Lockers kind of started when we started. But Eddie Dobson, all them cats. Eddie Dobson was dancing first. I actually seen him dance. And around the same time as when I saw the lockers. And it just something came over me. And it came very natural. And I was very good at it. So I trained this group called Soul Trotters. I picked the name, came up with the name from the Globe Trotters, Soul Trotters. And we just started going all over. But because of the competition with the Fleetwood Lockers and other lockers, just you got to be good. You have to really be good. Black people, so it's like Butler House is like the Apollo Theater. People make fun of you if you ain't good. So we'll be out there <laughs> dancing and learning and all that. We started going out for work, going around Dallas, going around all over, like I say. Um, but the reason I say the father used it is because it consumed us. See, that goes to show you our true hearts. We weren't trying to hurt no girls. We weren't trying to just sleep with girls. We were just boys. So once we found an outlet, like I said, a lot of our white brothers and sisters have, they have, they probably, if they could dance, they have, they have the ability, they probably have, you know, dancing, theaters, they could have went to kids. I'm not saying they're all on the rich, because there's a lot of poor white people, too. But I'm just saying, if they was poor, their aunts and uncles had stuff. So... We didn't go dance in the backyard. That was our little workout place. Harmon Field later opened up the uh, Harmon Field as a, as a recreation center by us. We ended up going in there and working out, and we just got good at it, really good at it. We won all kind of awards. And then, like that, it went away. God used that as a distraction to keep us from sleeping so much with girls. So we end up growing uh, uh, I end up, I can only speak for myself, I end up in 79, 78, talking to this 
assistant principal, and he, like he said, I said he threatened my mother, told her your son ain't gonna graduate if he flunk one more class, and from now on, Seth's got to take a full load. He can't be like seniors that only go to school half a day. Seth's got to go to school the whole day. That was such bad news to me. That was in November 1978. Folks, in 1979, June 1979, I nearly made the honor roll for the first time in my entire life. I had never been on nobody's honor roll. Even when I did good, I was halfway decent. I still wasn't no A student, but no B student. But I nearly made the honor roll. I got a, a C plus. Something silly I did in turn the report, and it caused me to miss the honor to be honorable. My mother said to me, boy, why didn't you do this all your life? She didn't know, but in January, two months later, after the assistant principal talked to us in November, I had said, I'm going to get rid of all my friends. And I did in January. I got rid of all of my friends. I had a lot of friends. So I got rid of all of my friends. Ricky Shivers, Alvin Green, Victor Green, uh, a lot of people I just quit hanging with. Uh, Tim Williams. Uh, who else? Some of y'all know these names. I only say it because, again, we got friends listening. Some of y'all know these people. But I quit hanging around the Soul Trotters. I still quit hanging around a lot of the girlfriends even back then. A lot of them. I just quit hanging around everybody. Brother Seth was alone. You could see me walking around by myself. And what I called myself was doing was weaning myself from my friends because I knew it was time for me to transition. You see? So was I a whore, or was I just trying to fit in? How do you get rid of all your friends? How do you wind up a loner from January to June? It was just something we was doing. So a lot of kids, that's what they do in high school. They're not, they're, they're not doing what they know. They know what's right, and they're just rebelling. So finally... June 4th, 1979, graduation night, Poly High School. That uh, I said, Lord, I'm yours. Everybody throwing up their hats and stuff. I was not trying to do all that. I was saying, these people are crazy. Don't they know from now on you cannot rely on your mother, father? You got to make decisions now? That was terrifying to me. You know, you can, you know, whether or not you should go into the army, the military, whether or not you should keep working, you should, should you go to college. Everybody can't fit. Everybody, everybody can't go to college. That's not everybody's path. Some people are more profitable about not going to college. Some people need to go to college. Some people need to go to the army. Some people do better when they go to the army. You just don't know which way to go. So I was terrified to make decisions. So I gave my life to the Lord. I already was weaning myself and praying and trying. And another thing I started doing between January and June is I started trying to hang around believers. It was so hard because they were so... Christians then was just so boring. You know, I was around some very fun people, Byron Armstrong. You know, a lot of people, funny people. I was around... We were the party. When my little crew from the East Side Butler Housing Project would show up anywhere in the city at those parties, house parties, or other, wherever the party was, when we show up, that's one reason I didn't like going to clubs because everybody's holding up the wall, like the song say. No, we wanted to party, not just dance and locking, but we just liked to have fun. All those guys sitting around trying to be cool, just with a little drink. We didn't like that. So I was kind of glad not to go to clubs because it's it boring. But Christians was even more boring. 
So January to June, I started trying to get close to him, and it was just hard. But June, I finally made that move, and I started going to TCJC. I can remember it now. I started studying my Bible, and I was going to school. And I remember the TCJC, y'all, here come the miracles. Here they come. They come on right now. So when I go to TCJC, it's a junior college, and eventually I will go off to uh, University of Texas and all. I took some classes there. Took some classes at uh, TCU and other. Let me just 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 stay on course with TCJC. TCJC, everybody went there. At least it seemed like from Fort Worth High School. We always stopped by TCJC. So when I took the little interest test, they said, Seth, your reading level. It's so bad. Even though I made the honor roll at Poly almost, I still had an issue with reading. Couldn't read that fast. I can read, but I couldn't read as fast as other people. <laughs> I just couldn't, y'all. I mean, you know, I can read now, you know, pretty fast, but I mean, my wife, she's so some of you like so I mean, like, I'm just being honest, y'all. I just, I, I can read now. You wouldn't even know if I read. I, I sound like Anybody when I read, but I just don't read. I'm not a speed reader. But in college, it was worse. I still I one of those, and he went not like that. You couldn't tell. It was one of those. When I read out loud, I sound like everybody else. But when I read to myself, when you read to yourself, you should be flying. And I had an ability. So when I read to myself, it sounds like I'm. I go to the speed when I'm reading out loud. In other words, so I think y'all get it. So they said your reading level and this level, you can't major in accounting. That broke my heart because when I was in Poly High School, Mr. Sherrison sat with me and he said, look, man, what do you want to do? And I said, well, let's look at the career book. Let's figure out. The reason why I majored in accounting because it started with an A. When you opened the book, it was like the first thing he said. He said, you like math? I said, yeah, I like math. And that's why we never got past accounting. <laughs> so when I went to, to, went to uh, then, then in high school at Poly, uh, Again, Mama's praying, Mama's praying, Mama's praying. And Miss Woodall, a white lady, saw me looking at the girls all the time. She said, you know what, Seth, I've been watching you. I said, oh, okay, Miss Woodall. She said, you like girls? I said, yeah. She said, why don't you take typing? Again, sign one of the miracles. Y'all may not say, that ain't a miracle. Well, how you know? Mama was praying for me and my decisions. This would be major. So this lady catches me walking by myself and talk, talking to me about girls. Well, you should take typing. Miss Woodall, I don't want to take typing. All them girls, are, no, um, you know, no, play football. But she said, I'm telling you, where the girls at. And so one day I looked in typing class, and I saw some guys in there, and they weren't like this. You know, they was kind of, I said, you know, this be cool. I got a chance to sit around all these girls I talked to them, too. So I took typing. Well, you got to pay attention when you're typing, you know. Hey, hey, you know, S, S. <laughs> so... I ended up doing pretty good, y'all. I got up to like 50 words. No, that's not true. I got up to like 63 words a minute with about five errors. I pretty, yeah, pretty good. Then I was real fast, but I didn't keep out touch. Thanks to Miss Woodall. Again, black men just need somebody to care about them and kind of introduce them. That's what we was lacking in our early development. So then another lady, God, uh, used another lady by the name Miss Rock. Now, Miss Rock was a lady cute little old black white lady and I might have been trying to talk to her I don't know but she was old so I don't think so y'all again this just was my life okay 
Miss Rock was such a good teacher. The Bass Brothers hired Miss Rock to educate the teachers of Fort Worth for their for their businesses. Bass Brothers hired Miss Rock. Miss Rock was good, and she was also great. Bass Brothers could have been flirting with her, but anyway, Sid Richardson Bass, not Sid Richardson, but uh, Robert Bass, whoever them, they hired Miss Rock. Miss Rock is the one that introduced me to. How to put a resume together. You say, well, you, I don't know if that was God. That was just good counselors. No. Good counselors don't do what Miss Woodall did. I didn't tell you this. Let me go back to Miss Woodall for a second. And Miss Rock, two white ladies. Miss Woodall would have me in a class when everybody's gone talking to me about investment in 1979. Miss Woodall opened up the paper and says, this is NASDAQ. These little arrows mean the stock is going up. Why do you got little arrows? It just means upset. And then when you see the arrows going down, and what happens is when money's, when it's high, you want to, she just explained the whole thing to me. Everybody else, now think about it. If I was such a whore, why was I up there with Miss Woodall? It's the old fat lady, white lady. She's not attractive at all. I was up there because, again, young black men need people in their life to just say, you know what, I care about him. I'm going to help him. You don't think Mama was praying? Mama was praying and others was praying for me. Everybody don't have a Miss Woodall. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. You probably don't need to do all that. This woman actually brought me in a class and talked to me. She could have been working on, you know how when teachers got between classes, they got a lot of stuff to do. Miss Woodall invested in me. This is what I mean by God in my life. But that what she was teaching, I would not let go. And it ended up helping me get into the world of accounting. Now, Miss Rock come along, she does the exact same thing. Miss Rock says, Seth, when you're putting your resume together, she says, don't say you like football. She said, don't say you like anything that typical black people like. You know, like, you know typical, not black people and as a whole. But you know how we, some of us say some of the same thing, like I like dancing. Like, she said, don't say none of that. She said, say you, she said, do you like to read? I said, yeah. Say. She said, no, she said, do you like to say, no, not really. She said, well, do you like to read comments? I said, yeah, I like to read comments. She said, we just say you like to read. She didn't say lie. She said, do you like to read? She said, she picked something I like to read, and she said, say you like to read. Don't say comments. She said, I, I enjoy reading. And she said, do you like, uh, I said, Miss Rock, I like football, I like baseball. She said, well, don't say none of that. Don't say no sports. Do you like checkers? I said, yeah, me and my brother checkers all the time. She said, well, put down you like checkers. Do you not play chess? I say, no, I don't know how to play chess. She's okay, don't write that. So Miss Woodall made me sound like a little white boy without saying it because she knew what I would have to go up against. And it's not really a white boy. It's a lot of little black kids trying to say it could have been racist what I just did, but y'all know what I mean, how a lot of us think. Miss Woodall showed me how to say what they want to hear. I mean, Miss Rock, Miss Rock. This was a teacher that the Bass Brothers hired to teach other teachers. This is what I was sharp. I mean, this rock was sharp as a tack. 
So with Miss Woodall and Miss Rock, the father used them to help get me into the office arena. Otherwise, I'm not trying to say other careers is better, but y'all, I'm telling you, it, it saved me from years of digging ditches and all kind of crazy stuff that I that I had to do sometime in the summer with those little cedar jobs. So June 4, 1979, I gave my life to the Lord, and guess what job I started out on? I started out at FAA. The one and only FAA, the real FAA, I started off working in payroll at FAA at 18 years old on graduation day. The same day I graduated, I graduated that night. That morning I was at FAA with my own little old desk, thanks to Miss Rock and Miss Woodall. You don't think it was God? Remember, I carried a gun in 78. Stole a gun, was going to shoot Mr. Coach Kennard. You don't think that's God. Most high is real. The most high is real. The most high is real. So, Mama prayed, and I think she prayed me to salvation. So, June 4th, Mama kept telling my aunt, Aunt Robbie, I have her Aunt Robbie, she's passed, both Mama and Aunt Robbie passed, but Mama said, Boy, Aunt Robbie, boy, this boy done changed. He he now read and he's talking about accounting. He says he's going to be an accountant, and she just mama made over me so. And then when mama found out that I was running for a office called Neighborhood Resource Development Plan, I ran for that office. They wanted these representatives, and you have to go literally happy to vote for you. She called around the north side, said, "Y'all will vote for Seth, and you really can go into the ballot office and go in there and vote for me." But you know how it is, my cousins and black people are about voting. It was very hard. They didn't want to go in there and vote because what's Seth running for? So I ended up losing about three votes. We ran up against a white man, white gentleman, owned a cleaner. And there I was, 18 years old. It was 18 or 19. Maybe a year later after high school. But I ended up running for office and I, looked and I lost by three votes. And I remember when I went to one of the uh, meetings, just to let y'all know a little bit about it, again, I'm talking about what the most I was doing in my life, signs, wonders, and miracles, or possibly a powerful word. And excuse that noise in the background, y'all. I have to be washing clothes also. So, Maypool Resource Development Plan, when we had our first meeting, I remember meeting a gentleman. I walked in because I got there early because I wanted to really impress these people as a young guy. I think I was like 19. And so the very first man's hand I shook was a white gentleman. And I remembered a ring on his fingers, a really big ring. And I said, he said, I said, hi. He said, how are you doing, young man? I said, I'm fine. He said, well, I'm Mike Moncrief. What is your name? I said, I'm Seth Turner. For those of y'all who don't know, Mike Moncrief was the mayor of Fort Worth not too long ago. He wasn't married in, but I'm just saying that's who I was in meeting with at 19 years old. And I forgot, now keep in mind, the year before I was a straight-up knucklehead. But Mama kept praying for my salvation. But it don't stop there, brothers and sisters. I become even more strange. And this is the same guy that some of y'all may have said, well, you was a whore until you are in 11th grade. Was I? Or was I a young man disenfranchised? Now, watch what I do once I start realizing I can do certain things. So when I met this Mike Moncrief dude, I really didn't know who he was, but I felt so prestige. I 
stuff so special because we sit at this big table that the city of Fort Worth has, like the mayor said it. I'm, I'm serious. Like the mayor sit down there, and it, this is this, and this is where I was at. Now, I didn't win, so I was an alternate. I didn't like alternate. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't like it. <laughs> I want to win to be able to tell my mom, no, I'm the representative of the Neighborhood Resource Development Plan. I oversee $100,000. thinking $100,000 was a budget for every every representative. So if I would have won, I, I would have been over $100,000 to determine what they do here on the north side of Fort Worth. So I was in the north side of Fort Worth representative, and I was 19 years old. Good I didn't win because I didn't know what I was doing no way. So anyway, I never went back to me because I didn't like fact I lost, which is immature, but I just didn't know what I was doing. But guess what else I did at the same time? I used to go to city council meetings, and I would listen to everything they would say, every single thing they did at the city council meeting, from the court reporter, how they opened up, because I was good at Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, I knew how you run a meeting with Robert's Rules of Order. That's one another thing I did good in college. I wasn't no nerd, y'all. I told y'all I was just a knucklehead earlier, but I just went once I... Once I got the opportunity, I just excelled in all these areas. I'm trying to show you how a lot of young black males would do the same if they just had the opportunity, if they had a Miss Rock, if they had a Miss Woodall, they gave them a chance. I probably the time my mother said to my aunt Amy she said, "Hey boy, I made a whole change. He's like a whole other person." I walked around with this little briefcase. Did I? I think I did. I always walk around. I always like to walk around with papers. So that was, that was another thing I did. I figured you have to look the part. So I started doing that. That was kind of different. So anyway, brothers and sisters, again, I want to thank y'all for tuning into my Facebook Live. Brother Seth is just kind of doing an open forum. I'm just jumping around. But I, I do have a method to the madness. I'm trying to start back when I first gave my life to the Father and how the Father used different people. And uh, some of y'all's names I'll probably call out. You see, I've been calling all kinds of names out. But the Father used me, and now I'm just showing how in 78, I was a knucklehead. I had stole a gun. I was going to shoot Coach Kennard. Uh, I was, I nothing I can tell you, I was stealing. Oh, my Lord. I was stealing. I wasn't a professional thief or nothing, but I was just, I was do, now if I told you I was stealing, I would laugh. So I ain't going to tell you, but it wasn't a major. But it's still stealing from Forward Public Library. Yes, I took a lot of stuff down there. And the reason why I never smoked or drank or gambled is very simple. I couldn't reason it. I was a self-thinker, though. And I couldn't understand drinking. To this day, I don't understand drinking. But it don't mean nothing. Again, I did things y'all wouldn't do. I guarantee you, you wasn't the type of whore I was in high school. So I'm not trying to be holding out. I'm not on that. But I never could and I don't understand to this day drinking. Now, I know it makes you feel good, but back when I was poor, and I didn't have much money, I just couldn't afford to drink. And I couldn't afford to buy no weed because I'm like, the thing with getting high, drinking or smoking, is it leaves. You pay for something and it goes away. I didn't like that. I'm used to paying for things and you keep it and you got it years later. So this new concept of... <laughs> Buying some and smoking, and then you high and it go away. I didn't like that. I've seen people high, and it's like, okay, you just gave them three or four dollars, okay, and then your money gone, and and it couldn't have been that. It couldn't have felt that good. I've been talking this whole while. You ain't like going crazy, like, oh, this feels so good. It wasn't like that. So I never, I never understood it. 
<laughs> I said I probably crazy some of y'all, but I'm just being real. But I did steal. And some of y'all said steal. I would have never. See, that's what I mean by I ain't better than nobody. But the reason I stole it made sense to me. So I go, I steal this. Five years from now, I still have it. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but y'all, that's the truth. That's just, just how I was thinking. I, again, I told y'all from January to June, I was by myself, so I was in that no friends influencing me. And that's another reason I made such a big change, too, I think. But anyway, so I forgot to tell y'all that in around this time, when I graduated from high school, went on to college, two things happened. I competed in, remember I tell you I majored in accounting? Well, watch this. I mentioned accounting, and I ended up going to a contest at the Hilton Inn downtown Fort Worth where they called all people from Texas that's a major in accounting and from different colleges, and we competed for awards. And whoever won those awards would move on and go to Minneapolis, Minnesota to represent Texas. So they had this little competition all over the country. Chicago had it. Everybody had it. You would... The winners there will get to go on and represent your state. You, they had first, second, and third place. Listen to this, y'all. It's a true story. So I was good in accounting. I loved accounting. I felt like I was going to be in accounting. I was in, um, uh, the first group of night auditors at the Worthington Hotel downtown Fort Worth. It's now called the Worthington. It used to be called the Maricon, but it didn't change the name to the Worthington. I don't know what it's called. I think it's still called the Worthington. So... I'm taking this test. True story, y'all. I'm good at accounting, but I ain't that good. I'm not as good as these people I'm going to go on up against. These mostly, not that they matter, but they all white. Some of them blacks, too, but mostly white. Y'all, we're talking about three, 400 people. The the, 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 the Hilton Inn was packed with people. And y'all, do y'all think this is God or not? I, over the years, I've said this. Story. People say, that's God. People say, no, it's not. That was you. So y'all tell me what y'all think. They are giving awards for first, second, and third. I'm taking a test, and I know what accrual is. Uh, I know what expenditure is. I know what a uh, balance sheet is. Try balance ledger. I know what ledgers are. I know all the accounting terms. You can't tell me how to know the accounting term. I ain't going to know. But I didn't know a lot of things about depreciation, cost accounting, and tax accounting. I knew some things, okay? I know about accounts payable increase on the credit side and accounts receivable increasing on the debit side. I knew, I knew accounting, y'all. And I was taking a test, and I started running across questions I didn't know. And I then began to start looking around the class and say, you know, start feeling like a nigga from the project and just being real. Can I tell y'all the truth? But I'm, you know, I'm also trying to live for God. Listen. So I'm taking this test. And before the test came, before we took the test, you know, they give you, on the front of the test, it tells you how to take the test. You know, blotty in this, black in that. And so make the long story short, long story short quickly. When I was taking the test, I just knew I wasn't going to be first place, second place, or third place, and one of them get to go represent Texas. So I kind of stopped taking the test, like I ain't going to win, but still good to be here with all these people who had a good time. I was just looking around the classroom and just kind of thinking about how white people always got it over us. 
Y'all would do that. They always got everything. Looking around. I'm just feeling kind of bad. Like, you know, these people always got everything, you know. They're going to win. They always go to Texas, get to Minneapolis. I would love to go to Minneapolis. Wow, I would love to go. I just stopped taking a test. Y'all want to go get first, second, third place. I don't want to do that. I know I missed about five. You can't miss that many. Make the long story short. I got this thought to look back at the examples. You know, they have this test. You're taking a test, but if you flip it over, it's it, it's it's a mock. It's 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 somebody. It's it's almost like somebody took the. Let's say it's 80 questions on the test. On the front, it's 80 people. Somebody took the test, and they know they took an example. Somebody had took the test, and they said, "This is how your test should look." It wasn't like an example. So I turned it over and was looking at the example, the person that took this same test before, and they was using them as an example. And I started looking at their answers. True story. And I said, well, they got number one right. They got number three right. They got number eight right. They got number 20. So all of the questions that I knew that I had right on the flip side of this test we was taking, which was a mock test, an example on how your test should look, all of those answers was right on the mock test. I say, what if all of these answers are right? And they just playing a stupid like, surely they ain't gonna know to to, to copy this test. I say Every one of these answers that I know is right. That should be C, black man. That should be A, black man. That should be D, black man. That should be A. Every single answer that I knew for sure was right on the mock test. So I say, you know what? I think this whole test is right. And I sure would like to go to Minneapolis. So I just simply blacked in every one of the answers like the mock test. Who y'all know do something like this? Who y'all know get a thought to do something like this? So I said, you know what? I better not do 100%. I better miss two of them just in case. Because wouldn't it be something I get the number? Everybody going to know something if I end up being so. I don't want to get first place. I don't want to get second place. But I'm going to leave one answer different. True story. So the night, the big night, and this was a big night. I mean, they laid out that Hilton Inn. Those cars came in. Folk came in from all over Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, everywhere. And we all competed to get those three places. I mean, these white folks came. All of my people was there from TCJC because people was competing competing in secretary and people was competing in other uh, careers as long as it was finances, you know, and uh, all types of stuff. So people was winning left and right, and I knew I wasn't going to win. So I would just congratulate Martha By- uh, Brenda Byers, Gloria Byers, if y'all know them good. They won. They got Brenda got like second in the whole state of Texas for secretary. Her sister uh, uh, Gloria Byers got something in accounting, and I was going under accounting concept. So the Byers won. They were black, 
and some other people were on white people friends. It wasn't no black and white thing. I'm just saying people from TCJC was winning, but then there was other colleges in Houston. They was winning. So it was all just winning, and most people was losing. Not losing, but most people just didn't get the first or second, third place. So it came to County Concept. Mama was there. Mama just was there to support because her son had just changed in this last year. Mama was there. I think Naomi was there. And I think my brothers and sisters came. Just, just, just because I was there, we weren't expecting, of course, that to win nothing. They was there, and I was glad they were there. It's, it's all in now. They came, they came to see me just there, and that's it, y'all. I, just, I was just glad to be there. So they called the first place competition, the first place winner. First place for accounting concepts from, I don't know, Mineral Wells, Texas, is, I don't know, some white person. <laughs> Everybody clapped, oh, my God, no, Mineral Wells, you know. And the second person place, I don't know, somewhere in Texas, you know. And they say, third place, Seth Turner. Y'all, listen, it was held in Fort Worth at the convention center. So Fort Worth got a lot of people. That place erupted. Then my teacher looked at me like, and I was like, I knew to prepare myself. I said, what if this happened now? Are you going to get third place now? I said, be ready. So I didn't think it was going to happen, y'all, because this is a mock copy. I copied most of my answers off that mock test. I did get some of them out of my own, though. And they called my name. I could not believe it. Mama was like, oh. now, question to y'all is this. Do y'all think that was godly, God? Or was that me, or was that my flesh, or was that the devil that told me to turn that test over and copy that mock test? I don't know. But what happened in Minneapolis, sometimes I believe it was God, because I was able to enjoy Minneapolis so much. I had such a great time. That's all I can say. Um, there was an opportunity... Uh, can't tell everything, y'all. Just Minneapolis was good. Met a lot of black people, a lot of good experiences. Oh, my goodness. There was one celebrity. His name is Chuck Foreman. He, he was a running back for the Minneapolis, Minnesota Vikings. He was in the house. Um, anyway, I'm not going to tell that story. I just got to meet a lot of good people, all right? But that was a – anyway. Anyway, y'all, the Father's been good. He has been good. And that was just a little sample of something that happened with me. I think it was God anyway. I don't know what y'all, y'all can test, type there if you think it was God or not. But I want to move on to bring up to bring up the speed about it because I want to wrap the show up in here a little bit. I don't want to go three hours tonight. I said I wouldn't go, so I may go just a little bit, um, maybe ten more minutes and we'll wrap up. But... I thank the Father for uh, what he had done with me. Like I said, I saw my childhood friends uh, really go through life and, and a lot of them not realizing their dreams. And, and I just was kind of brokenhearted, but not really just like in, in a way that I was just incapacitated, just overwhelmed with grief. But I would meet friends here and there and, and just see all these broken dreams. And later on, the Father would show me that we were the people of the Bible. And uh, like I said, it happened in 1991. I had been 
feeling suspected we was it since 88. I've been telling people that we could be, but in 91, he nailed it down and showed me I was. We were the people of the Bible. And, and the reason why I said earlier that even if you have the cars and you have that big home and you have money in the bank and you're able to travel, African Americans, if that's you, you're playing yourself short. You should have those things. Absolutely. You deserve it. You deserve more. But what I'm talking about is light years far better than that, brothers and sisters. And I think people sometimes don't understand why I'm on here talking about we Israelites. Because your identity is major. A lot of white people, and I only say white people because they're in power right now, and a lot of them, you see how they work, they move, they feel like they stuff don't stink. They go around the world building and destroying and and even though I think a lot of it is evil, not all of it, not all of it, not all of it, but where they get that from is a false sense of identity. Let's take it a step further. The Jewish, the so-called Jewish people, which I don't think they're the real Jews, but nevertheless, they believe they are. They are even more powerful than a lot of white people. They say the Jewish people is the top of the food chain as far as white-skinned people. They feel like they're the people of God, and you cannot tell a Jewish person nothing, a so-called Jewish person, that they feel like, man, everything evolves around them. They really, they have an arrogance that when I start going to Israel and start mingling with those people, I realize these people think higher than themselves than white people do. They feel like they are Israel. They they don't they don't want to take nothing from what you're saying. They don't feel like you can define anything for them. They feel like they're the authority. I don't think y'all understand unless you really know some Jewish people. They especially in the land of Israel. Oh my God. There is nothing, there's no people like them. When they're arrogant, they are really arrogant. And even when they're not arrogant, they, in, in Facebook, don't y'all go mess with my account. You already got rid of the account of mine that had 2,000 views. And I really wish y'all put that back because all I'm doing is sharing my opinion of a people based upon the scripture. I'm not hating. I don't hate nobody. But y'all, when I went to Israel, I said quickly, these people is not like any other people I've ever met. White people sometimes will act a certain way, but you know deep inside, sometimes they almost act like they are intimidated by you. Sometimes I feel like white people do what they do because they're intimidated by us. Jewish people don't have that. They'll act like they'll mistreat you and feel like I'm doing because this is what God wants. They feel like they're a spokesman for God in the earth. Well, guess what? I don't think they're Jews at all. And I feel like that attitude they have, we should have. Just don't be nasty to nobody. Not all of them are nasty. Some some of them are very nice. But if you start trying to question them on the Bible, they're gonna, you're going to see that arrogance come out. They're not nasty. All Jewish people are not mean and nasty. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying they feel like they set the standard 
they seized the power to define, man. They got that, they got that far worse than American whites. I could not believe it when I first experienced it. So what am I trying to say? I'm saying once African Americans get a new identity, that's why I'm a, I oppose African American as a term. I oppose black as a term. That ain't high enough. Once we see that we're the people of the Bible, we're not going to let anybody just tell us anything, especially once we find out that the Most High, that the God of the heavens put it in us to understand that Bible. I mean, before the Holy Ghost came to the earth, the Father was in Israel revealing who he was through his prophets and priests. They had that spirit. It just wasn't poured upon all of them. Now that it's poured upon all mankind, you know Israel should be definitely leading. So, yes, we should have these material things, but to be acting like they define us? No. No. No, no, no. I'm talking about something really serious. If we are the people of that Bible, my, my, my. Maybe... 15, if we're the people of that Bible, excuse me for that little interruption here, if we're the people of that Bible, brothers and sisters, from that identity, you're going to look at business different. You're going to look at Wall Street different. You don't think like the Jewish people think. And I don't really think they have the whole counsel of God because they're not the people. But that arrogance they have, some of it is, what you need to see is a Jewish person that's confident but ain't rude. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Folks, I don't take, when I say that people think I'm playing, I, when I tell you I don't take a backseat to nobody, I mean I don't take a backseat to nobody. That's why I told my kids a long time ago, don't ask for nobody's autograph. Never ask for an autograph. R&B singers, are you kidding me? How I look asking, and for those that are listening on, y'all just heard, those of you on uh, Blog Talk Radio, you got 90 seconds to call the phone number. We're going to wrap up it really much, pretty much y'all here in a little bit. But if you're listening online and you want to keep listening uh, or you're listening over the phone, you're not looking at my Facebook Live, you're listening over the phone, you clicked on the link, you must now call the phone number right in front of you, 914-205-5590. You got 60 seconds now. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, you want to keep listening, call the phone number, 914-205-5590. But brothers and sisters, I'm talking about something that, oh, my God, I hope that the Father gives it to me how to say this to y'all. But an identity of being his chosen people, 
is more than money. It's more than money. There was prophets in Israel, oftentimes they didn't even have a pot to piss in. Pisses in the Bible, y'all. And they would walk inside of the kingdom where David and Saul them were, and they just walk in and people would let them go all the way to the king. Everybody else, you just can't walk, in, walk up in there like that. To talk to David and Saul and them, you, you, there was protocol, man, but those priests that had the Holy Spirit, they can just walk in there and they can talk to the king. And they talk rough to the king, like, you know, what are you doing? They, the, or they, they'll compliment the king. We're not always negative. But I'm saying there's an authority they had. Brothers and sisters, we have that authority. I don't let white, and, and sometimes y'all hear me say stuff and y'all, people get scared and say, Seth, you better be careful. Watch out. You better be careful, man, how you talking. Look. The reason I talk the way I talk, not just just because I'm an Israelite or I believe I'm an Israelite, but it's because of the Holy Spirit. I don't think I know everything. I don't know. I don't think I'm always right, but I know God lives within me. I, folks, I know it. I'm not playing. I know it. Well, so what? Miracles ain't popping all up every day, you know. But I know that I know that I know that He's real. That he's in me. That he speaks to me. Now, I also know right now I'm a carnal Christian, which means I'm so worldly, I can't hear him like I used to. And that's going to change, and that is changing. We speak that by faith. But once you've seen him, once you heard him, you'll never be the same. It'd never be the same. So in order to impress Brother Seth, you're going to have to come with the bling and the anointing. Or I should say in this order, the anointing and the bling. I'm not impressed by just some stuff. Because people with stuff is destroying our earth. People with stuff, a lot of them is empty. I'm not impressed by some celebrity that's got the fame and don't know what to do with it, Kanye West. No, I don't want his autograph. I don't want to put him down either, but I'm not impressed by them. The Kardashians, they to me is like a joke. But I'm not going to tell them to their face. I guess they can hear me, but what I'm saying once you see people of God that have the wealth and the maturity and that, especially if they are Israelite or they African-American, they know there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing like one of us that's plugged into God. So I'm not in favor of African-Americans being wealthy without God. I don't want to see it. And guess who else don't want to see it? The Most High. That's why I say Israel would not be able to rise because you, my people, you'll make me look bad. Because see, what happened is when you're an Israelite, you mock with this godly thing in you. He's not like any other people, y'all. Black people always want to give God praise. The rappers getting up, they ain't said nothing clean in 90 years. And I've been calling girls bees and hoes. And, and they get up to somebody they want to thank God. So if God allowed black people all to be wealthy, we would 
Remember this phrase, because this is all throughout the Bible and it's major. We would profane, profane his name. And he valued his name over everything. He sent Israel into captivity because they profaned his name. The Israelites, in other words, in the Bible, were sold to other people by the Most High because they profaned his name. The Father holds his name high. He does not want the Gentile nations misunderstanding his character. And he will put his own chosen people in slave ships if they profane his name. I don't know why it's such a big deal. I think I do. I think I do, actually. But to profane the name of God is the biggest crime a nation can commit against him. He is serious about his name. So if you got people saying, I want to thank God for this, thank God for that, and people that don't know God hear that, and they see us being a spiritual people, those rappers have moms and dads, and they know that. So when they get up and they tell me, I want to thank God, it's best you just get up and get the water and shut up. Don't bring God in it. Don't profane his name. If you're going to act a fool, don't put Christian bumper stickers on your car. Don't use his name if you like the fool. But when you wear his name and you act the fool, you're profaning his name. That is, man, even I don't understand all the why. I kind of understand a little bit. But he really, really is going to come after us if we profane his name. He said Israel would not be able to rise. He didn't say it about no other people. Israel without God is not going to be able to. Any other nation can come to America, get wealthy, prosper, come and get a better life. Not African Americans. Nope. Because they're Israelites. Oh, you sound like you're preaching poverty. I'm not preaching poverty. If you and your family obey the most, I, I have said on every Facebook Live, the Father wants you blessed. In every way. And he's going to bless you in every way if you and your family is obedient. But I'm talking about your nation because all of us on this earth is connected to some nation. Nobody's by themselves. No family is by themselves. You didn't just have your family by yourself. You're connected with a nation. African Americans are Israelites. And that's why they're able to make other nations wealthy and they can't bring home the wealth themselves, have their own bank, their own this, their own army. You're worth $1.2 trillion, the seventh richest nation. That's that much money flowing through your hand and you don't have your own army? The economists say $1.2 trillion flows through our hands. We're not able to grab it because we're just, we, there's no unity among the African-Americans. I don't know. I'm talking about there's unity here and there in patches, but I'm talking about as a nation we're not unified like other nations are. So, I know I jumped around a little bit, 
between my childhood and my older years. But brothers and sisters, when you see me come on Facebook Live on Sundays and Thursdays, just know this. These days, Brother Seth is here to testify. And even when we talk about other topics, you're still going to hear me testifying of his goodness. The Father is real. I hope you know this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I hope this video don't find you somebody from, I don't know if God is real or not. God is real. And if you don't know, you better go ask somebody that do know it because he's real. His power is real. When you die, you do not die. Your body ceases. Your spirit lives on. You are going to be with the saints if you're born again. Immediately, as soon as you die, you're going to be aware of all the saints that have passed. You can communicate with them. Yes, you can, because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the saints said, How long, O oh Father, will it be before you avenge us of our adversaries upon the earth? And when he avenged them of their adversaries upon the earth, that is when they return back to the earth. Bible says it. it talks about those that had died and beheaded, those that there was martyrs, those martyrs. It talked about them talking among themselves when they were dead. So when you die, they ain't that is put all that crying, all hard to feel like that. You're gonna see your, you're gonna be with your mother again. I believe it. I believe it. The Bible's been true about everything else. Paul says, we're most miserable if the, if the dead don't live again. He's right. This is crazy. We don't live again. I mean, what? what, what of course you're going to live again. But the Bible put the spotlight on martyrs that have died. And we don't know what the other saints are saying with themselves, but the martyrs are saying, collectively saying, Lord, when were you going to avenge us uh, on our adversaries on the earth? Because when they, when he, when the Most High avenge them of their adversaries on the earth. The Bible talks about when Christ comes back to rule, that those that have been martyred, not all the saints yet, but the martyrs are going to be able to come back with Christ and rule a thousand years. The rest of the saints continue being with themselves. They're going to have knowledge of what happened on the earth because the martyrs had knowledge of on the earth. They're at peace. There's a peace, but they are aware. I know we have a hard time believing it. I know, I know, I know. That's because we believe too much in this, the, the, the see, taste, touch, smell. We just don't believe that spirits can exist outside these bodies. We spend too much time talking about this. No, when I die and may hope to be a martyr, because I want to be a part of that first resurrection. Hope I'm martyred. Quick, though. Like, pow, I'm gone. I, I, I want to be martyred, but I want to be somewhere suffering with an arm off or a head off or something. But I hope I'm martyred. People say, you, you just say you hope Yes. Martyrs are going to be a part of the first resurrection. When Christ comes to this earth, the Bible says God's going to resurrect the martyrs, and they're going to rule with Christ a thousand years. I want to be a part of that. The rest of the dead, just they were together, alive, Aware of what's going on the earth. They're not suffering. The suffering starts when the body dies. But they are alive, brothers and sisters. And the Bible says they're in great peace. They're in a good place. Y'all better quit tripping. Then, of course, after the thousand years, there's the white throne judgment. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth and the rest of the saints are coming. Okay, keep playing. Keep playing.
Some of y'all don't know that. That is true. That's when all these things come in the new heaven, new Jerusalem. That's where there are cities, uh, uh, streets of gold, gates of pearl. Get it right. So if you don't know the Father, I submit to you, brothers and sisters, you better get to know him. And I'm not trying to threaten you or nothing like that, but I'm saying you're wasting your life. You think that's all this little mess we gather, this little stuff? How many people have got a three-car garage? They have three to two or four to two. I got three or four-car garage. You got a plane, helicopter. All that stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy the spirit of us. It does impress a whole lot of our friends, though. And it, we can have a little fun with those toys. It's just little toys. They're no different when you got the little wagon and you was little. You enjoyed it for a while you got bored. All the celebrities with their stuff is bored. Look at Kanye West. I don't want to pick on him, but he's just bored. Doing all kinds of little stuff. Kanye is a classic example of things is not going to make you happy. You have a little fun with him for a time. That's it. But do you want to spend your life just on little stuff for fun, or do you want something to sustain you? I don't have it all together, brothers. But one thing I know, we are spirits. And our true needs, ladies, gentlemen, your real needs is not something you can see, taste, touch, and smell. told my children, your top ten goals should not be something you can see, taste, touch, and smell. I know y'all saying, what? Right. You should want the degree and the this and all the physical stuff true. But your top ten goals, listen to this, you tell me, do you think any amount of money is more important than these things I'm about to say? You need to know your purpose in life. <laughs> if you know your purpose in life, money and wealth is coming. If you really know for sure, for sure, for sure what you was born on this earth to do, you really think you're going to be a, a, a failure? That's everybody's problem trying to figure out what they want to supposed to do. Here's another one. Let's start, let's start the proper way. You need to find out if there is a God. You say, well, I know there's a God. Okay, that's good. That's, you got one down. But what if you don't know there's a God? Can you imagine a millionaire and they don't know there's a God? Uh, so the first thing to find out, why are we here on this earth? Is there a God? That's number one. That's more important than you can go web-wise. Atheists can cause problems on this earth. You need to know whether or not there's a God. Do you need to know what's his purpose for you? You don't think it's important? And then here's a good one. Wouldn't you like to know what are your gifts? Wouldn't that be something you'd find out? No, this is your gift. All this running around, doing this, switching careers, people have been in nine different careers. You need to know your gift. And here's another one. Wouldn't you like this? Uh, this is way more important than anything you could think of physically. This is more important than a house, a car, money back. Listen to this. Wouldn't you like faith? I mean, real life faith. Bible says if you pray in faith, believing, you shall receive. If you got this right here, you really, 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 all jokes aside, you really, every time you pray, you believe. What you going to be, you, you can just have all that stuff overnight almost. You pray, God give me a car, you believe it, it's going to come in. Here's this one, how about this one? What about peace? Real peace you can have. There is millionaires that will snatch that up right now. They want that more than they want anything. Peace. So there's ten of these that's more important than any kind of car, house, residual income, passive income, boats, yachts. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? 
Go on the yacht and, and mention these to them people on the yacht and see what they say. The yacht was given to them by the father because their earthly father gave them a yacht because he loved them. See? That's another one, being loved. That right there is why the guy got the yacht in the first place. Somebody, like, okay, what if he didn't have love? I'm just saying, these ten things that I tell my kids, they're far more important. That's why I say, you, we had better get more spiritual, y'all, and get the stuff. I'm not knocking wealth. We need it. Wealth is a tool. We need it. We need it. Oh, my goodness, we need it. So, Brother Seth, this is some of the things the Father showed me in my early development and why I rode the way I rode. I'm telling you, if we can see the revelation of us being Israelites, y'all, that right there, number one, let me tell you one thing that's going to wrap up the show. One thing it'll do, it'll make us have camaraderie like we have never, ever seen before. Y'all think that little boat fight in Montgomery with some of you blacks united? You ain't seen nothing. If we unite the way I'm talking about, they will never, ever, 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 ever mess with us. They who anybody, any enemy, they'll never, ever, ever mess with us. Ever. We'll be the most terrified people walking just like the Israelites was of all. The Bible talks about how the nations tremble. Tremble at them. Everybody was scared of them because these were the people of the both sides. And that's where the Jewish people are today. That's why they're so rich, wealthy because Americans took a penny out of every dollar early on and helped build their country because they thought they were the Israelites. The churches, I'm talking about. Not the government. I'm talking about the church gave to Israel because they thought they were the people of God. I said a lot tonight. Kind of jumped around a little bit. Y'all yeah, learned a little bit about me. Hopefully, uh, some of you that uh, that know me from old, you learned some things. So I want to just say something. I'll try to wrap up all my shows by saying I love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. I know y'all probably expecting me to do a three-hour show. Well, tonight I thought I would wrap it a little early, so probably not going to do no more than two-hour shows from now on. But brothers and sisters, look for me on Thursdays now and Sundays at 8 p.m. Brother Seth is going to be swinging Thursday. Uh, 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 I got a topic you just can't miss. And y'all share these shows. Uh, share them, please. If you really are blessed by what I say, share them with some friends. Especially those people that know me, but even if people that don't know me, because I'm on a mission. I want to resurrect. I want to allow the Father to do what he's been doing and how he resurrected me and brought me out of Niggerville, thinking like a, you know, because... That it's real. Niggas are real. It's, it's, I mean, I know it's an ugly name, but it really is a such thing. It's a people constantly controlled by white people from death, from birth to death. I don't want to be a project. I don't want to even be, be an invention of white people. Not not those. I'm some of those in power. Not everyday white folks, y'all. But there are such things, and I don't want to be. I don't want nobody owning my mind. So anyway, I'm going to wrap up right now, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, I, I have a prayer. I, I, I'm going to play for the 
for the show. And uh, I just want to thank y'all for tuning in. I really do. So this is the prayer I have for the end of the show. And I want y'all to be blessed by it. And let's just meet together on Thursday, all right? Y'all, I'm just trying to resurrect a very, very powerful people. Y'all have no idea. Some of y'all have no idea what kind of blood is flowing through your blood vein. You are related to King Saul, King David, and all that. And you playing yourself small by letting these little old people in America tell you, you need this, 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 this. Some of y'all have goals just to be like these folks. No, no, no. You have the power to define because you're Israelite. So awake Zion. It's another name for Israel. Zion. Awake Zion. Put on thy strength. Good night. Okay, brothers and sisters, before everybody run, let's agree in prayer. Let's agree in prayer over some matters here. So please uh, join me as I uh, pray and petition the Father some things about this broadcast. Okay, if you agree with me, just say amen under your breath or so be it. But let's do this as a family tonight, okay, as we go our separate ways. Dear Heavenly Father, Yahweh Israel, God of the heavens and the earth, Father, we thank you for who you are and your love and your mercy and your kindness. We thank you mostly for sending Christ to the earth to give us a way out of sin and destruction, for giving us direction and clarity as he gave us the greatest example of who you are especially the love you have for us. We thank you for your commitment to your word. And, Father, as your word has went forth today on this show, where your word has went forth today on this broadcast, we ask that you bring those words to our remembrance to help us to overcome in this life. Father, the truth that has went forth in this broadcast, where truth has went forth, we ask you to help us to remember and retain it. For we know that the parables, you said that there was uh, a sower that comes to the, the, that sowed, and some of the seed fell among ground, and because the people didn't remember the word, the enemy came and, and, and took that word away. We ask that the word tonight spoken would have fallen on, will fall on good ground. We ask for, that you will help us to take in the words that will salvage us, help us to remember the word, show us how to even understand the word we think we heard, Father. We ask that you would uh, add more and speak more to our hearts about these matters that we've heard tonight, Father. As we go our separate ways, Father, we ask for your protection, uh, protection. And Father, we also ask a special blessing that you would touch the saints of those that are, are racked with pain and, and sickness in their body. We just take authority over the sickness right now that you've given us in Yeshua's name, in Christ's name, we take authority over the sicknesses and the discomfort in their bodies and command healing right now in the name, in the precious name of Christ. We ask you, Father, that we able to, uh, uh, as we go away from this place, we, 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 our bodies will receive healing uh, and receive comfort as we take in the word also that has went before that is went forward tonight. These things, Father, we ask you, we petition the courts, your court, your throne, uh, for these matters. We thank you, Father. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for healing and even understanding of your word uh, tonight. These things we ask. Amen.
folks will love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. 